Welcome to the Wild and Curious Podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. Whenever I think about like the dreams that you have for yourself or like the dreams that I have for myself, rather, Mm -hmm. I'm always... I don't know. It's just like very self-focused. Like, I don't want to say selfish because they're my dreams, but like, I'm not, I'm not trying to achieve someone else's. And I don't know, have you ever like fulfilled kind of someone else's dream that they weren't ever able to do? I mean, I, I, I sort of think so. Ooh. Um, Tell me yeah. more. <laughs> So, I mean, you, you know, I was really close with my grandmother and she was, she was this incredible woman, but like, there were also times when I used to think that if she had been born in a different time where it was more socially acceptable to her, she might never have gotten married. Like she might have. She definitely wouldn't have. She sounded so spicy. She was so spicy. Yeah. Like, I feel like she might have you know, she never might've gotten married. She would have run this, you know, fashion company in New York and, uh, you know, she would have traveled more. And, and I think, I don't think she regretted her life. Um, but I think, I think she just sort of felt like this is what you do. You know, you you get married, you have children and no, no, no. And like, and to be honest, like even, even when I talk to my my mom now. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm, you know, I'm this adult and I haven't done this or that. She's just like, she's like, you have, you have no idea how nice it is to see a a daughter of mine who is, you know, who is a little bit different and who's traveling and isn't married and doesn't have kids and just kind of figuring it out and stays very true to herself, even when it's kind of painful. Yeah. I think that's the, I mean, we have so far to go women in general, just of like, equal rights but there there is nothing wrong with being like I just want to get married and have a kid and like live in a nice house in the suburbs there's nothing wrong with that but it's nice today that like you have these options and that you can do you can choose you can be like I can do that path or I can do something else like hop on a motorcycle and drive across Pakistan Today, we are talking to Zenith Irfan. She began riding motorcycles in 2013, and she took her first month-long solo ride across Pakistan in 2015. And there has even been a movie made about her journey called Motorcycle Girl. Since then, she has traveled almost all of northern Pakistan. She loves meeting people along her journeys and inspiring young women and girls to follow their dreams. It all started because of a dream that my father saw, you know, human beings dream. And that was that notion that made me who I am today. So I was very young. I was uh, around 10 months old when I lost my father. And um, I was, you know, someone who never knew who a father figure was. I never like uh, knew how it is like to be with a father. And although these questions never haunted me, but I would be always curious. Like I was a curious child. 
I still remember um, taking out the world map and looking at all the cities and the countries, pinpointing um, each and every trace and outline of the cities and the countries and wanting to travel, you know, I still remember that memory. And that's why that curiosity in me wanted to know more about my father. And that brought up to that question, you know, who my father was. And one day I was just browsing through these photographs and I came across this very, very vivid photograph of my father in the mountains. And I questioned my mom about it. I was like, um, tell me more about my father. You know, I never asked you so much about him, but I really want to know who he was. And it was then that she told me that he really wanted to live a gypsy life, you know, a life <laughs> where he wanted to travel all across the world on a motorcycle and like really not have any, you know, responsibilities on him. And he was like, he wanted to be a free soul. And unfortunately, that did not happen because he got married really young and he had me. Then my mom got pregnant with my brother very quickly, you know, after me. So, so that's why he wasn't able to live all these dreams and he passed away. Um, at age 32, you know, and it made me question my own dream. And I was like, um, I mean, I don't know if I want to do this for him or not, because I was very young when I first heard of, of the story. I was studying and um, I had no idea that I would be able to even do this. And when I went into college, soon I fell in love with someone. And as soon as I fell in love, I was in a very different space and a different frame of mind. And soon when I had my first heartbreak and heartbreak after heartbreak, I was in a space where I was in extremely negative. And when I had that first heartbreak and heartbreak after heartbreak from the same person, actually, you know, I realized that I cannot sit in my room and cry, you know, like I understood that I have to use this energy in me and I don't know, transform it into something that can help me cope up with this. And that is when my father's dream actually rekindled inside me. I really believe in this notion that fate is um, pushes you towards that ultimate goal. And I guess that's what pushed me towards my first journey. You know, that was the entire mental thing that was going on, the entire spiritual changes that were going on in my life. And that's when I first started writing. Sounds like it was very necessary at that point in your yeah. life. It's so great that you found it. Yes, uh, I, I'm happy that I did. You know, and the thing is, I think that when you are going through something like that, when you're going through a major transition, it sort of emanates from you. And and when you are chasing your dreams, you know, that's not always easy for, for people in, in you know, in different places in their lives to encounter. So what I'm kind of wondering is what was the reception from people along your journey as they're seeing this like very strong, powerful woman in transition, like traveling across the country? The reason that I was able to identify that I was going through depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, and that I have to use all of this emotion and transform it into my motorcycle journey was because of my mother. She was someone who um, really helped me pinpoint my emotions. And the way she did it, the medium she used was through writing. So I'm someone who started writing when I was eight years old. She, I remember my mother walking into the room to my bedroom when I was very young and she gave me a diary as a gift and she asked me to write down everything that happened with me in school um, or in a daily life. She did the same with Sultan, my brother. So we both were brought up like that. We were at a very young age told to, um, you know, understand 
where you are standing right now. And that is why a few years later, when all of this was happening, I was able to say that, yes, I want to take this journey. I'm depressed right now and I can use this negative energy, which is a very powerful energy, you know. I mean, it's so counterintuitive. Uh, people often say positive energy is something that you should manifest. But with me, it's totally counterintuitive. It's the opposite. I find that whenever I'm in pain or when I'm going through heartbreak, I am, I'm so creative. That's when I told my mom that I want to take this journey. And it's also a way for me to understand more about my father and where he was coming from when he said, said that to you, you know, that I want to take this trip. So my mom supported that idea. And she was like, definitely, I mean, you should go for it. And uh, because um, there's another reason for this was also because my mom, when she was being brought up, um, she wasn't allowed to dream so openly, you know, she had that restrictions. My grandmother was very strict, you know, and she wasn't allowed to be be as free as I am. So, so because of the fact that she wasn't able to dream as a woman, you know, in Pakistan, and as a Muslim woman, so that's why she wanted me to not be deprived of the um, of the dreams that I see. And I'm privileged that I born it. I'm I'm born in a family like this. Yeah, she sounds like an amazing woman. Yes, like yes. so supportive of of something that you know. When you started writing in 2013 and like learning how to ride and then going on these journeys, it's really it was not common to encounter women on motorcycles and on motorbikes traveling around the country. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, since then, you know, now it's 2020, like, has perception changed? And if so, like, how? Um, it's But the perception has definitely changed because back in 2013, you would really see a woman riding a motorcycle. When I started riding... There were these people, these men who would really gawk at me and there were these men who would whistle at me, catcall me. And I was able to understand why is this happening? I mean, a motorcycle is a very basic thing. I mean, it's extremely unlikely for a girl to be riding a motorcycle. And a, a young girl like me, you know, I was 18 years old at that time. So I soon began to get used to the road. So like in the beginning, I would be so scared. Like, because there would be these random vehicles stop in front of me, trying to bump into my bike. But the more I went on the road, the more I uh, trained on the road, the more I got used to it. And I also remember my brother telling me something like, you know, if some, someone harasses you or is like um, catcalling you, you have to face it alone. I can't be always there for you. You know, like he wasn't um, so he was supportive like that, that you have to stand up for yourself. I mean, you have to really know where you're coming from. And and he was so young, you know, like I think he was 16, 17 and, and coming as you know a stance like that coming from a young boy in Pakistan is so you know unique and it's very different yes and I was and I was so uh, happy that my brother supportive and because I spoke about my journeys online the entire perception changed so everyone started speaking about this young girl she's you know riding in the mountains she's riding in the city and because I used social media and my writing skills and my English skills to communicate about my journey you know, it changed a lot of minds. Part of the reason that people are seeing it more often is probably also because of you, because you have been like part of this movement and you've been visible. out on your motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, visible not only in the world, but also like online, you know, which is, I mean, it's a new platform in, you know, 
in terms of like relative timelines, but like being visible like that and, and sharing your story, it's, it's a new thing. It's, it's very wonderful. It's not only about me, you know, I mean, being visible as a woman in general is so important in today's generation. We need more women to come out and tell about their stories of struggle and sacrifice. And it's very important because um, women like me, maybe, or women like you both even, set examples for the young generation, for younger girls out there. I feel there's still not enough role models for young girls to follow. You know, I still feel they're not enough women who participate in this, you know, in sports or in motorsports. It's building, of course, things are changing and I'm happy about that. But this is what I understood, you know, like when I first started riding, I just did not want to ride and keep it private. I want to tell the stories of, of people in the mountains, you know, tell their stories, who they are, and even the women in the mountains on how I, as a as a girl who lives in Lahore, Pakistan, had such a different perspective about the women in the villages and the towns. And maybe I thought they were uneducated or illiterate, but everything was changed when I started writing, you know, everything. I mean, I was surprised to know they're so empowered and they're educated even. And that is what I was trying to do. And it helped. It, and it changed a lot of people's mind. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of people messaged me and um, they said that e even men messaged me saying that, you know, we as men are so scared to ride a motorcycle and you you, you kind of like shame us and you're like, you're shaming us like, oh my God, I'm a man and I can't even <laughs> ride a bike and you as a woman can ride a bike. So, you know, he thinks that she's not happy to be a part of that change. Yes. I want to kind of go back to something you were talking about, um, kind of talking about connecting with some of these young girls along your travels. How do you feel like you have inspired them to sort of not necessarily follow in your footsteps, but, you know, you've met so many people on these journeys who they would never have imagined meeting this cool girl on a motorbike? Um, it's It's been such a liberating experience to travel in the villages, especially that are in the mountains, because... When I first took my first trip, the first first trip that I took, when I was traveling through these valleys, um, I would often come across young women, very young and uh, very, uh, you know, they were very, I can, very beautiful. I mean, I must say they're extremely beautiful. And <laughs> they have never seen a woman on a motorcycle, firstly. Plus, <laughs> they have never seen a woman on a motorcycle traveling in their village. So... They, they, you know, when I would often travel through their villages, there was a sparkle in their eyes, you know, that, that sparkle that I cannot even express it right now. I don't even think there's an English word for how I felt when I saw <laughs> that sparkle. And in their mind, there is a very different definition of what being a woman is. And that is what I understood also, that it's not important for there to be a, you know, general definition of what freedom means or what being a woman means it's such a subjective um you know the definition is so subjective that i soon realized that um you know you cannot force your idea of seeing the world to others 
and I learned this, you know, like when I would travel to the villages, they, the girls would ask me so many questions like, where are you from? Why are you on a motorcycle? Firstly, like, why, <laughs> why are you doing this on a motorcycle? They couldn't understand that. And, you know, trying to make them understand why I'm doing this and like, why are you taking pictures? And then they would see my gear and everything, you know, like my motorcycles packed with luggage and they would touch that. You know, seeing all that is so nice, you know, that entire picture. I'm sure you can picture that, you know, like young girls surrounded around you. And um, I think that gives a, a very silent message, you know, like, see, a woman is able to even do this. So instead of just like barging in their houses and talking to them about women empowerment or like how they they should dream like you know instead of forcing them to dream it gives a very silent message you know through my writing and through me just being there that a woman is capable of even this the fact that it it is just opened up your world and is something that you love doing is really really special yeah as you're looking forward what is next for you um, so right now, of course, because of the virus, I yeah. wasn't able to travel, you know, you can understand that I wasn't able to travel anywhere. Um, I was actually planning to travel to Sindh and Balochistan. These are the two provinces in Pakistan that are rich in culture and a lot of history. And as a Pakistani, I am not aware of these cultures at all. So I wanted to travel there. Unfortunately, I couldn't do so, but I look forward to do so, um, to do it in next year. Secondly, um, I have a lot planned for how I see, you know, myself in the next few years and what I really want to do for Pakistan. A lot of people tell me that, you know, if you leave, leave Pakistan, you would be so much more successful than who, uh, than who you are today or where you are today, etc. But I kind of disagree with that because um, Pakistan, Pakistan needs more women like me. You know, my country needs me because we don't have many examples of women, like I mentioned before, that are role models for young girls, you know. So I know that I need to be here. And one thing that I, I have planned out, I actually didn't plan this out. Like I have an idea in my mind is that I want to open up this institution or you can say like a school but not like a contemporary school or like you know a typical school it's not going to be like that I want to open a school that really polishes um, skills of both young boys and girls and gives them the resources to manifest their dreams so like um, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that but um, I really want to open up more schools that teach art music or different types of hobbies you know and because I feel there are not many schools like that in Pakistan secondly um, I really want to open up a tourism company that promotes motorcycle tourism in Pakistan and because we have a we have a lot of scenic beauty like it's we are rich in both culture and scenic beauties that's why i want to open up a motorcycle tour company and i have some plan plans uh, laid out in my mind but i'm not sure how it's going to happen but i'm working towards that Ah, that's so cool. I know. I'm like, you're an amazing superwoman. I know. And I mean, my ultimate dream is to have my own TV show for National Geographic. Like, I really want to <laughs> have my own show, maybe. I don't know. Like, for National Geographic Discovery Channel. or I don't know, any travel channel. Yes. But then, you know. Yes. And I travel the world, that. of course. And travel the world. That's, that's the top in the list. I think one of this, the most poignant things for me that she talked about was, was this act of 
breaking down all of these different pieces of herself when she opened her heart to, you know, to young love and realizing that she was becoming this different person and she had to find a new way to put herself together. And she did it in a way that uh, connected in, in a familial way that, you know, had nothing to do with romantic love, but like it connected her to her roots, to her family and to the people of her country. And I thought, I thought that was so lovely and incredible. Yeah, it was this like self-discovery that, like you mentioned, it's very tied to family. And in Pakistan, family is like number one. Mm -hmm. And you, before, like during the pre-show, Zenith was talking to us and telling us how you live with your family in Pakistan. Oh, like, yeah. That's, that's just what happens. You know, like if you're a woman, you're living with your parents until I presume you get married and then you move in with your husband. Right. And so it's just like family is everything. And that is like the number one. And so, yes, her journey was about it was about a lot of things. It was about this heartbreak. It was about depression. Mm -hmm. um, but it was also about like finding herself through the identity of people who created her. Yeah. And the the fact that her mom was supportive of this too. I know. Is, is so, so wonderful. Well, yeah. And like the way that she said her mom gave her a voice and a way to articulate from a very young age and I think I think the other thing that really stood out to me is, you know, she was talking about what she will become, what's next for her, and and how she was saying that kind of the general consensus there is that you have to leave Pakistan to do something. And she was like, no, actually, I want to be that role model for my country. Like, I want to start this, like, this visibility of women being empowered and, and, you know, creating a space for that where maybe there didn't exist a space before. I think, oh, I thought she was so cool. And there's just so much, I mean, first of all, there's so much that she has to contribute to her own country. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that will reverberate and extend beyond Pakistan. But also just as far as a traveler and someone who's going on a journey, there's so much to discover in Pakistan. Yeah. Like it's this, you know, you don't kind of, you kind of don't look at your own backyard sometimes. Sure. And especially now with the pandemic, we're all sort of being forced to re-examine where we live and you know, what it is that is beautiful and wonderful about it. And she's been doing that for a while now already, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that she wants to, you know, bring more there and, and promote that more there and explore more there. And she's learning so much about like, you know, the people who, who have lived there, the people in the countryside who she never could have imagined meeting. If you would also like to learn more about Zenith, you can go to her Instagram at at Zenithirfan, which is Z-E-N-I-T-H-I-R-F-A-N. You can find Zenith on her Facebook page, which is under her name, Zenithirfan. If you enjoy listening to the Wild and Curious podcast and would like to contribute to helping us make this thing run, you can. You can Venmo us at The Wild and Curious or via PayPal at paypal.me slash The Wild and Curious. Anything you send, big or small, will go towards the costs of running a podcast that's dismantling the patriarchy. It means so much to us when people rate our show on iTunes and leave reviews. 
we read those sweet nothings, and yes, we cry about them. We also love it when people send our podcast to someone who they think will enjoy it. Feminists sharing feminist content is the best.